Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. This is episode 91. Well, we're getting close to 100. We're going to have to have some big uh, extravaganza. <clears throat> Maybe you can get Kevin Rutherford on episode 100. You know, you, why don't you go ahead and reach out and make that call? Um, so, you know, we just kind of threw this one together. So we are, uh, we are working on a more regular, uh, podcasting schedule. Uh, we've arranged, we've rearranged my work schedule a little bit, so, uh, we'll figure out, but we'd like to do this about every week. We've got a, uh, live event coming up into July. Uh, do we? We don't have that on the website yet, do we? We do have it on. The, I do. It's there's an event there, and also I've got it's the, on the Facebook page. It's not on the website though, right? No. Well, I don't. The, the, the letter there's a notice there. Yes. Yeah. There's a notification. There. <clears throat> so on the Facebook page, you can find a. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll work on getting that on the website. Uh, so this is going to be a live event, two day live event in Jeffersonville, Ohio. July 31st and August 1st, right? We'll get Saturday, there. Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, so you can get up there Friday, get parked. There's park. There's parking, truck parking at the hotel. There's also the TA and the Loves there off of exit 65, I-71. Uh, we, we have. We, hang on. We'd rather you park at the TA because we're going to use the parking at the hotel to do inspections and, and um, other repair work so if okay. you can get it at the ta go there it's only a blush across the street so yeah um so we got the event so the rooms we got a room deal that um go ahead and tell them about the room deal well the rooms are like 129 we got them for 89.99 um you need to go through me though uh to get that price so uh, you'll pay the hotel but you need to res- reserve it with me i'll put it in our blog that way, when you get there, they'll charge you the right amount. So it's at okay. the it's the um, Baymont Inn by Wyndham at uh, Exit sixty five Jeffersonville, Ohio, right across from the TA. Yeah. So we'll be uh, we'll be Saturday and Sunday, pretty intense. Uh, we're going to shove everything that we've got into two days. Uh, we figured. Uh, we figured up last time we did an event, we can save you about $180,000 if you implement what we teach you. Uh, so that, that'll be coming, uh, in July. We've got a new hire coming in a couple of weeks. We've got another one lined up for August and man, I'm getting this you got, bad you got communication issues again. You look like you're broadcasting from studio 54, by the way. Man, I don't know. I'm all that into, all that juice those lights are taking are taking away from your mic. I'm not on Wi-Fi, you know? That, that's what's weird. Um, I don't know what to do. Uh, hang on, let me... Well, I guess I can sing and dance for a little while. Um, yeah, I-71... Between Columbus and Cincinnati, exit 65, there's a TA truck stop there. You probably use that as a fuel stop now because it's usually the cheapest fuel in that part of the country. <clears throat> Where um, just across the intersection is the is the Baymont Inn. That's where we'll be. Um, the um, event is 8 to 5-ish, Saturday and Sunday. 
Um, the hotel provides breakfast. We'll have a catered lunch come in. And then even, uh, dinner and evenings will be on your own. And um, those of you who want Carl to look at your truck or do any kind of work to your truck, we need to schedule that. Um, these are not official Landstar inspections. They're just inspections for your own benefit. There's no report given to anybody except you. But if you've recently bought a truck or you want somebody to look at your truck that will, you know, give you the straight scoop and not try to sell you something and, you know, all that crazy stuff that we encounter out there, big chance for you to meet our legendary ace technician. He really does exist. Carl, he'll be there. Um, if you want to have some pre-arranged work done, we can make that happen too. Uh, he is going to be installing some modifications that we recommend for some people. Um, but we have to know that in advance because we don't have inventory that we pack around. So if you want an OPS or you want anything that we talk about, we need to know that in advance and have it there for you and, and have the, um, time set aside for Carl. Uh, he'll be doing most of this work during the day while we're in class, and then he'll be doing the inspections or talking with you guys at night after hours one-on-one. Um, -on -one. So um, that's why we have to schedule his time. It's $75. That all goes to him. If you're going to have an inspection done, we'll collect that at registration, and we'll pay that to him on your behalf. So are you back? I'm trying, I'm trying to sort out. Maybe, maybe I've got a, uh, am I still breaking up? Yeah, terribly. All right. Just uh, <clears throat> keep going. I won't keep working on it. Well, um, as far as the event goes, um, it's, uh, it's general business knowledge, uh, particularly uh, slanted toward the trucking industry, obviously. Um it's uh, it, look, if you don't have the type of truck that we buy or we recommend, it doesn't mean we're going to laugh at you or make fun of you. We're going to work with what you've got and um, give you some ideas on how to maybe improve your your uh, bottom line by some cost cutting measures. There's a lot of um, fuel saving strategies that we we employ and teach. We'll share with you then um, a lot of the um, a lot of our our, uh, our business concepts as far as lowering costs, raising revenue. We'll be talking with that a lot. If you're if you're if you're a Landstar BCO or coming to Landstar, we have a lot of information about navigating the Landstar system and 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 flattening the learning curve as far as your um, ability to um, understand that complex system called Landstar. So we do a lot of that. If you're not coming to Landstar, it doesn't mean this is not for you. We just, you know, you just zone out during that time. Or uh, we also do a lot of um, question and answers. A lot of people come with things that they want to talk about. We do that as long as we don't get into war stories. And um, it's been, you know, this is our third iteration of this. The first is it's growing every time. Uh, we're probably we're I'm worried that we're going to sell this out because we don't you know, this room is not huge. We probably can only get 25 people in it. Fire marshal is probably going to come around if we do more than that. And we're pretty close to that. Uh, if everybody who says there's coming as comes, we're we're knocking on that door. So if you want to get in, you need to get in. So uh, all you need to do is get a hold of me and uh, I'll 
put your name on the list and <clears throat> tell you how to do it. It's 250 bucks registration. If you end up subscribing to any of our services, we apply that 250 bucks to that. So actually no charge at, at all. Uh, if you just come and get the information, I guarantee you, you'll get your money's worth in the first hour. Um, everybody who's come so far has been very, very positive about it. Some of them have gone on Facebook and other, others commenting about it. You've probably seen some of it. Um, it's just a down to earth um, nuts and bolts presentation um, about how to get in this industry, survive, stay in the industry. Um, and, you know, our way of doing things allows us to um, to be profitable in, in any uh, environment. We're really lucky right now because you can do anything right now and make money in the trucking industry. I mean, look on Facebook. Every, you know, I see four or five ads every day about how you can be a millionaire in the trucking and not even own a truck. You know, So everybody's jumping on the trucking bandwagon. Well, that bubble is going to bust. It's just a matter of time. And then you're going to have to make money the old-fashioned way. You know, you're going to have to earn it. And uh, we can teach you how to do that. And, and really, you need to learn how to do that now while, while things are good because you don't want to be trying to learn this when it's, when it's already, um, you know, when the bubble is busted. So, you know, internalizing these strategies, getting used to using them right, right now. Actually, right now, I think that, you know, you know, a lot of people adjust their effort as the um as the rates go up and down you know the rates get crazy like they are right now they just stop working you know they just take one load a week and and uh it used to take four you know and they're well i make everything i need to make on one load so why do i need to work you know do the other three well obviously the answer to that is now's the time to be you know squirreling money away because you know this is this this is not normal people that come in the industry that think that oh this is the trucking industry this is not the way it is we're on an extended bubble. Normally this bubble is about 18 months and then it's in the down cycle for a couple of years. Now we've been in this up cycle for going on three years, thanks to the ELD mandate, the pandemic and a few other things. So um, it's, it's just a matter of time. You know, now the, all the indicators are that we're going to get through this year, probably in the first quarter uh, without much of a change, but we don't really know after that. And, um, you know, if, if I were you, I would be making as much money. I would put off my vacations. I would, I would quit going home. I would do everything I can right now to put as much cash away as you can. And that way you're set. When this thing all goes south, you'll be here when it, when it comes back up again, because there'll be about 25% of, of MC numbers that will go away. Uh, within a couple months of this thing, of the bubble burst, it did it in 2014. It didn't 20, you know, 20, excuse me, 2009, 2014. I've been through two of them now. And the, if you call the pandemic one, three, although the pandemic to us was not a down cycle, we, we grew and made money and couldn't qualify for the PPP money and all that sort of stuff. Cause, cause we, we prospered during the, you know, I, I kid other people and saying that, Blue Ribbon and the, and the funeral homes all were happy with the pandemic because all of us made money. <clears throat> and that's kind of a sick tongue and choke, tongue and cheek joke, but it's, um, it's true. You know, we, we didn't suffer. Um, now we had to work harder, you know, we had to make a few more phone calls to get loads, but still we did it. We didn't lose anybody. We actually gained added people 
And it's just because of our cost structure, because the way we teach you how to save money, how to lower your cost, how to raise your revenue. It's just simple stuff. You all know that I'm not from the, in the trucking industry. I've only been a driver for about 10 years, 12 years. And um, I have 45 years of business experience, but you know, outside of trucking and I just come to trucking with a different perspective. You know, I come from a business background. I look at trucking simply from numbers standpoint, um, what you drive, how it looks, all that sort of stuff doesn't, you know, doesn't um, matter to me. Um, I try to teach you that it shouldn't matter to you because all your decisions would be based on numbers only. But um, that's the difference between looking at this thing from business standpoint and, and looking at it from an emotional or whatever other standpoint, you know, romantic or however you want to describe it. But um, we, um, we treat this like a business and um, every decision we make is based on just one thing. And that is, does it save money? Does it lower, does it save m money or, or increase revenue? Is it good for us? Is it good for the driver? And um, that's the only criteria that we use. So we're going to talk about that a lot, two days worth of it, uh, amongst some other fun things. Um, we'll, uh, we'll surprise you with some things that we'll, we'll share with you. Uh, we'll probably piss you off at first, uh, but I promise you we'll hug you in and make you feel better before the end of the weekend. Um, you will, you will learn, you will make money by what you what you learn at this, at this event. So, um, again, this is number three of, I don't know how many we'll keep doing them as long as people keep wanting to come. And, um, we're going to try, since we're not attaching them anymore to our owner, um, on our, our uh, orientation sessions for our own employee drivers, we're probably not going to have any more of them in West Virginia. We're going to continue to move them around in centrally located areas so that it's more convenient for you guys. The first two we did, we, they were in conjunction with orientations and it's just too long of a weekend for us. And it's not, it doesn't really help our orientation by adding this to it. So we decided not to do that anymore. So this will be just, um, live event people and, uh, orientation. We're actually having orientation week before and about one, two weeks after, because we've got a couple of vacancies we're, we're filling right now. Uh, if you're a BCO, well, it, it really, if you're a truck owner and you have um, assets that are, you're not utilizing or are underutilizing because of your um, inability or your uh, lack of ability to uh, attract, retain, and, and, uh, and uh, keep drivers, um, we would entertain the possibility of you um, contracting with us to manage that truck in our fleet. We have um, many more applicants than we have availability of trucks. So, um, you know, most people in this industry don't have our problem. They have the, the asset and no driver. We've got the drivers and not enough assets. We've, really, well, we've been trying to buy trucks since January. It, we, we simply have not been able to find the truck that we want, you know, there's, there's always a, a problem, you know, it's an automatic or it's, it's been deleted or whatever. So we really haven't been able to find, um, I guess everybody's catching on to our, uh, to our, um, our, um, you know, methodology for, for, for looking for trucks. But 
anyway, this will all change as soon as the bubble bursts. All those trucks will be available. Those will be the first guys out of business. And so we'll have plenty of trucks. But right now we don't. So we're entertaining the idea of managing uh, your truck if you have a spare one or you want to get out of yours and keep making money with it. We have a program that will work for you. And um, we won't take any truck. It has to be somewhat uh, lunatic-like. It might not be the right year, and it might have. We've got a couple of T680 Kenworths right now that certainly aren't lunatic trucks, but guys got into them right. You know, the trucks are in pretty decent shape, and we're been, we've been able to do it and make money for everybody involved. So, um, But there, we, there is a line we draw, and it's probably not going to take any classics or anything like that. It's got to get at least six and a half to seven miles per gallon or the potential of it or we're not going to be able to use it. And it, you, you cannot, it has to be a paid for truck. You cannot have a truck payment and do this. So the return would not be worth your while. So um, if you're interested in that, let us know. And we will, um, you know, get you the information about that. All right. So Chris, are you back online? <clears throat> I'm trying. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm making everybody in my house mad right now because I'm shutting down all the TVs and Wi-Fi, um, <clears throat> and I'm dealing with a broke-down driver. So you, you're going to have to probably carry this one a little bit. Um, so I've been about half paying attention to you. So I, I just put in the uh, in the thumbnail. Ahead. You know, we were going to talk about some stuff, and these uh, technical problems are not helping me any. Um, so I wanted to um, I wanted to hit a couple of issues with the uh, the 1099 W2 thing uh, we've had that creeping up again. We've had we've had people signing up for leases, truck leases. Um, it's just it's been, you know, j just those same issues keep popping up and, and being a problem. And, uh, you know, I want I wanted us to talk a little bit about those. Um, I'm, I'm probably doing a terrible job with a segue right here, um, but I may have just fixed my connection problem. Let me try to get back on the, uh, the other thing. So why, why don't you, uh, why don't you talk about getting pimped by a W, uh, W2s and 1099s real quick. And I'm going to try to switch over to my other camera. Well, we did a, an entire podcast on this early in our, I don't remember. It's probably in the fifties somewhere. My first episode was 49. So it was one of the first five or six, I'm sure. And it talked about the difference between W-2 and being a W-2 employer, being a 1099 independent contractor. And again, like I just said, I come from outside this industry and I was uh, pretty much shocked at how prevalent this 1099 misuse was in, in the trucking industry. I really don't find that uh, in any other industry. You know, a, a 1099 contractor, someone who owns their own tools, sets their own schedule, you know, has, uh, has skin in the game, you know, like a plumber, you know, you've got a truck and he's got tools, he's got parts and, and supplies and he, you hire him, he comes fix your toilet, you write him a check and he leaves and goes next down the road and fix somebody else's. That's what a 1099 contractor is. A 1099 contractor isn't something, somebody that the plumber hires and puts in his truck with his stuff, with his customers and goes and works on his customers. That's called an employee W2. Now, why is there uh, why is there this interest in this industry to have 1099 contractors? And I'll tell you why, because it costs money to have employees. 
on average, it costs me about 11% of the employee's pay as an expense because you have to pay half of the Social Security and Medicare. You have to pay unemployment. You have to pay workers' comp. You have the cost of payroll. And so that costs money. Plus, you have to do it. So if you're a truck driver driving on a road hauling freight and you want to hire somebody to drive one of your trucks, you know, it's much easier to throw them the keys and go, hey, you do your thing and I'll just pay you like it's your truck. But there's a problem with that. The IRS doesn't like that. And matter of fact, they're fed up with it. And California just passed this AB5 thing that will completely eliminate the independent contractor um, in California uh, for most businesses, trucking included. Um, now we have this uh, bill in Congress it has passed the House already, um, basically extending that same AB5 uh, test uh, to um, to everyone. Uh, now, I, I don't think it's going to pass the Senate because the Senate still is 50-50 Republican-Democrat, and the Republicans aren't going to pass that. But, you know, if... Um, you know, if the Democrats change the rules of that of the Senate or somehow make it filibuster proof and they can win it on simple majority, they can win it with 51 votes because of the vice president's vote to break ties. So it's a slippery slope. And uh, it's it, it kind of reminds me of the ELD mandate. You know, everybody cheated on logbooks. They did it forever. They talked about it in front of everybody. They got on Facebook and bragged about having three three logbooks. And guess what? Now we have an ELD mandate. Because that's how the government works. You know, they they paint with a very broad brush. So they're like, okay, we'll just fix this because we'll make everybody have an ELD. And of course, everybody cried and pissed and moaned about having to, you know, change their hours of service. Well, you know what? The hours of service didn't change with the mandate. Only the way of recording it changed. So everybody who had their tit in the ringer was the one were the ones that were crying about the the ELD mandate. Well, that's how government's going to fix this problem. They're going to re, they're going to d- destroy, dissolve the independent contractor um, uh, designation because of all this abuse. You know, the government wants nothing more than to have you as a happy paying taxpayer, and ten ninety nine people tend not to pay their taxes. Yep, that's the other problem with it. Is people do it, they think it's oh, I'm getting all this money, but they don't understand it's not their money. Uh, about 25% of that is you're touching it, but you can't put it in the, in, under the mattress. Okay. You can't spend it. And most people do. So the problem I have with 1099 is that it, number one, it's, 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 I'm not going to say illegal, but it, it is against regulations uh, for most people. The only way you can be a 1099 contractor. And I'll give you an example. We have them. Okay. All the people that drive for us are W-2 employees because they're driving my equipment and um, they don't own the equipment. Therefore, they can't have skin in the game. Therefore, now I know you're going to say, yeah, but I, I, my guys don't, I just, they dispatch themselves. It doesn't matter. They don't own the truck. Okay. There's about a 22 questionnaire that the IRS publishes that determines if you're an employee or a 1099 contractor. One, just one of those questions answered in the, uh, in, in the, 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 I can't remember if it's positive or negative, but one of those questions answered the wrong way and lim- makes the whole thing now not an independent contract. Okay. And one of those is, are you, are you at risk? You know, can you, um, can you lose money? Uh, that gets most people. 
Uh, and there's, there's again, there's 22 questions. But trust me when I tell you that if you're driving somebody else's truck, you're not an independent contractor, okay? You're an employee, yeah. all right? Now, we have trucks that we manage for other BCOs and other truck owners. It's just their truck. We They lease it to us. They are now 1099. That's their truck, not mine. So I pay them just like I would pay an electrician or a plumber that does work at my house, you know. So they are um, legitimately legitimate 1099 contractors, you know. But um, if you um, come here and drive a truck for us, um, there's not any there's not any way to to construct it to make it uh, pass regulation. Now, let's talk about the other part of that. And that is that why would you want to do that? Because here's the here's the reason that you that I don't understand why anybody would want to do it. First of all, the person that you're doing that for is doing it that way because it saves them money. All right. If you're and if you volunteer to do it, you're a fool because you're paying seven. The, if you work for someone as a W two a regular, I'm gonna just quit saying W two. If you go to work down the street somewhere for a factory. That you're an employee. We leave the word W-2 and 1099 out of it. You expect yeah. that factory to pay your unemployment if, if you if you if you get laid off. You expect that factory to have workers' comp on if you get hurt on the job. You expect that factory to pay their part of the employee payroll tax. Because you see the the Medicare and the uh, and the Social Security is paid half by the employee and half by the employer. When you become self-employed, you get to pay both sides of that. If you uh, volunteer to be a 1099 contractor for someone when you really should be an employee, you just gave up 7.62% of your gross gross income because that's what the employer would have paid that you're now saying, oh, I'll just do it. Or the employer saying, if you want to work for me, that's what you're going to have to do. So that's a 7.62 hit on everything that you make in a year. Figure it up. You make $100,000, that's 7,600 bucks. OK, so um, knock yourself out. If you want to pay somebody for the privilege of driving their truck, if your self-esteem is that low, knock yourself out. If he dies and you lose the uh, job, you can't go down to your unemployment office and file for unemployment. If the pandemic hits, you know, they may, I think they made an exception for that. But that's the only time I've ever heard of that. So, you know, there are things that you're entitled to. I hate that word. There, there's things that you have the owed to you by this employer that you are forfeiting by agreeing to be a 1099 contractor. Now, the other part of that is you have to have the discipline to put the money away because if you work for somebody like me, I'm going to take the taxes out before you see it. And I'm going to deposit those with the IRS and they're going to be there for you on April 15th for you to be able to, to take H and R block your tax return. And I've already paid all this tax. I don't want da, 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 da. 1099, that doesn't happen. You're the one that has to save the money and pay the quarterly taxes, which I promise you 1% of people on 1099s are paying quarterly taxes. Um, so it falls on you to um, pay that bill on April 15th. And guess what? A lot of people don't have it, so they just don't file their taxes. Right, Chris Polk? So yep. it, it it's an easy trap to fall into because you know, look, if it's paying the IRS or putting food on your table, what are you going to do? Okay. Going to let the IRS go. And then the penalties and the interest and the letters and the chasing and, 
And you're going to say, well, they haven't chased me yet. Keyword in that sentence, yeah. They're a very, very efficient collection agency, okay? And they have a lot of power when they do come see you. Um, they can they can force whoever is paying you to garnish your wages, okay? Court-ordered garnishment, uh, among other things. Uh, they seize your bank account. They seize your assets. It's it. They're not they're not easy people to get along with. So um, I just don't understand what what the attraction is. What why is that the preferred way of working for somebody is be a ten ninety nine? It makes zero sense to me. Uh, not to mention the fact that it is, you know, it is against regulations. And I don't know about you. I, one of the reasons I like Landstar is because I give them 35% of my money and they keep me out of jail. Okay. From compliance. I feel the same way about that. You know, I don't want to deal with the IRS. You know, I want to be kept out of jail. I have two instructions for, I, ha I hire two professional services, attorneys and CPAs. My, my first instruction to each of those is, do not let me go to jail. You know, if, if anything we're doing here is going to put me in jail, stop. All right. Now, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like the NASCAR crew. You know, we're going to push the envelope as far as we can, but we're not going to cross the line. And in my opinion, the 1099 when you're really a W-2 is crossing the line because you're in jeopardy. The worst person who's in jeopardy, by the way, is the is the is the employer, the person who should have be um, making you work for W-2. Because when he gets caught, let me tell you this whole story. If, if he gets caught, he has to pay his portion and your portion, both. And he has to pay all the back uh, penalty and interest. Um, and I'll tell you how he gets caught. Let me tell you how a guy gets caught, okay? Somebody goes to work for him as a 1099. April 15th rolls around, and that employee does not have the money to file his taxes. And he goes, you know what? I can fill out this SS8 complaint on my guy and the IRS will come chasing him down and make him pay my taxes. So that's how the guy gets caught right there is from a disgruntled contractor who now all of a sudden wants to be an employee. Okay. It was fine when he was making all that money every week. And now that it's time to pay the piper, all of a sudden it's not so cool. And he turns your ass in and now you're paying both parts and the penalty is an interest. So my advice to you is you're going to hire employees, be an employer and do it right. And if you're an employee, don't work for somebody who's not going to treat you right. Your value is more than that. Okay. Um, so I'll get off my soapbox. What amazes me about it is <clears throat> when you point out that you're having to pay 7.65 in addition to tax, you would have to pay otherwise. People look at you like they don't care. Like, Oh, it's 7%. Yeah, it's 7%. If you make $50,000, that's $3,500, $300 a month. That but, your employer okay. should have paid for you. Yeah. And now you're having to pay it. I mean, imagine if you made $100,000, you know, it's just, <clears throat> I, I don't, it, part of it, I guess, is that human nature where we have to defend, uh, our stupidity, um, you know, well, I'm doing it. It, you know, it, yeah, I know it's, it stinks, but you know, it's like a baby in a dirty diaper. Yeah, I know it stinks, but it's warm and it's mine. Uh, I, I did it. I got suckered into it years ago. And, um, yeah, of course I didn't hardly make any money, so it didn't really matter. You know, uh, I, I was so, my income was so low uh, that tax credits and stuff, 
ended up wiping it out. But, you know, think about that. You know, I'm, I'm working just as hard as I am right now, uh, making about a third of the money uh, and letting somebody else skate on their responsibility. Um, and, and y'all, it's 2021. Uh, we just don't have excuses anymore. This stuff's too easy to find out. You know, if some, this is one thing that I have noticed as we have begun to hire more and more people from, you know, d- different backgrounds and, and different age. I mean, we've got people from age, what, 24 to 63, you know, so we've got the full gamut. We've got male, female, black, white. We got every, we got former military, civilian, everybody. And it, it's just shocks me of, of how much people will come to us and we'll just ask why. Well, well, why do why, why do you do that? Oh, well, that's what's what they told me. Okay, did you ever like ask why they told you to do that? Like, I mean, they told you that's what the law said, but is that what the law actually said? Well, I don't know. I never looked it up. That's these corp, you know, <laughs> these corporations that these people go to work for just lie. I mean, twenty five years. Well. Actually, the first decade of my career, I was lied to about my industry by my industry. I didn't have to worry about the media lying to me. It was my own industry that was lying to me. You can't make any money as an owner-operator. Where do you think that comes from? Oh, here, just do a 1099. It's better than a W-2. Okay. Where do you think that? Who benefits? Who benefits from you thinking it's better to be a 1099 than be paid properly, classified properly as an employee. Who benefits when someone feeds you a line of garbage that says, oh, you can't make any money as an owner-operator? Who benefits? They do. You don't benefit from that. At least learn to ask the question, why? Well, why do you do it that way? And if they give you a blank response or they say, well, that's how everybody else does it, then red flag. You know, that just, it just baffles me that, that we had one of our guys the other day. I don't, I don't remember what happened, but anyway, in a conversation, he said, uh, he's like, man, I pride myself on, you know, on, on not being that way. And damn it. They got me too. You know, he realized that, uh, we have been conditioned by our education and media and, you know, corporate mind control to believe things that just aren't true. And in 2021, you can figure out what's true or not. Just look it up. Go read a book or 12. You know, one of the, one of the biggest tasks that we have when we hire somebody, our, our, and Chris made a comment last night to a potential, potential employee. Actually, we were talking to his wife, um, which by the way, we do. If you come to work here and we're going to talk yeah. to your spouse, okay, because we need, we need team effort here. Um, but um, we were we were talking about what he what he just said. You know, if you've been in this industry for five or ten years, you've you've been programmed to think, you know, um, a long company policy. Godly, we we know for a fact that you know there. It, it just take something like PC personal conveyance. 
there's a difference between the, the, the DOT regulations and what every other fleet in the country has as their interpretation and their, and their policies, which don't necessarily line up with the DOT. So you have to deal with it. Well, it, it, it's the same thing with, with all these rules that people are told. We get people to come here and go, we're not, you're, you're not allowed to do that split berth. Do what? You read that green book? Where, show me in this book where it says you're not allowed to do that. Well, we we just we're told we were you never do that. You could never use PC where I came from, you know. So we have to we we spend so much time deprogramming you because you know you're you're not coming here to have another. If you're coming here to get a, a ten cents more on the mile or a better job or whatever, please just stay. I, we don't want you. Okay, you come here to learn how to become an independent business person. Okay, owning your own business, making your own rules, doing your own thing, paving your own way, doing your thing, getting rewarded very, very highly and well for it. All right. But the first thing we talk about in orientation and we talk about it. I didn't know this, but Chris said I talked about it for two hours. But we talk about changing your identity and you go, what the hell does that mean? I'm a, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm a truck driver. The problem is you're you're, you're not. OK, you've been you've been trained to be this mind-numb robot that doesn't ask questions and doesn't ever ask the question why. Nobody ever asks that question. Why? Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. We'll do it that way. I had an employee of mine one time. I tried to convince him he needed to do something. He didn't really agree with that, but he finally said, well, you're the boss. If you tell me to do it, I'll do it. I'm like, well, that's not the reason we're going to do this. Okay. And so it, it, you know, we have to make you understand that to be successful in business and to be successful in the trucking business, you have to learn to become a problem solver. All right. There's a reason why nine out of 10 first timers fail because they can't solve problems and they don't have anybody now they can run to, you know, and, and get someone to solve it for them. All the people they're going to run to don't have any idea how to solve it because that's going to be another driver, their spouse or a friend or somebody, somebody at a truck stop. Somebody on Facebook more often than not. And that's not how you solve problems. You know, you don't go on Facebook and ask somebody, how do I get into Lancer online? That doesn't solve the problem. Okay. If that's how you're going to go about it, you please stay a company driver. Okay. Where you can call your dispatcher, your mother, and ask her to wipe your ass for you. Okay. Because if you want to go learn how to get on Lancer online, Chris, how would you figure it out? First of all, they t I promise you that everybody went to Lancer Orientation learned that. If not, there's a blue book, about, what, 80 pages that they hand you that I guarantee that person didn't even open up and look at. How, how did they get to Lancer online? My God, okay? You got Lancer run down the side of your truck. You, you, get a, you get a settlement every week, and you don't know how to get on Lancer online. If that, I, would, I just want to smack that person if I could get in front of them, you know? Are you really... Are you really that freaking ignorant and that and you have you have no more initiative, drive or ambition to than to get on Facebook and ask somebody in official Landstar group, how do I get on Landstar online? And we wonder why 38 percent of these clowns don't make it through the first year. Duh. So we but change your identity, OK, because you're going to have to learn how to solve problems. Now, we'll help you, but we're going to help you one time, and then we're going to tell you to go figure it out, you know? Um, and and that you would think that that's not a big deal, but it's a huge deal. 
we spend so much time on it because it, no, people aren't used to having to solve their own problems. I and I can I can empathize with, you know, ad- adapting to technology. That's that's reasonable. You know, I've, I've dragged Larry kicking and screaming into the 21st century since I joined Blue Ribbon. Right? He's still got his 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 paper dinosaur filing system that I saw, and 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 it works. You know, it works. We've 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 added some digital. But I went out to I went out there to the sausage factory and watched how it was made, and I got to see all the accounting. And uh, let me promise you, your accounting system is not good enough, whatever it is, because this one here is the real deal, right? You want to learn how to make you want to learn how to count in a business. Lord have mercy, he'll show you how to do it. Um, but I can I can because my mom, bless her heart, she's like eighty one, I guess, eighty years old. She used to be an elementary school secretary. So back in the I don't know eighties. They started bringing in DOS-based computers, and it just it just terrified her. Every time it would beep, she'd jump, you know. And so, like, the summer of my seventh grade year, I inputted all the attendance for, you know, this elementary school she worked at. So I can understand, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to break it. Okay, I, I get that, right? You don't, you don't want to just go pointing and clicking because you on the internet, you'll never know, right? Be real sure where you end up. Okay. <clears throat> but you're a business owner. There, there's a, there's a big part of this where you got to step into some of those uncomfortable areas and you got to go some places you might not want to go. Um, and you know, but God, for love of God, please don't go to Facebook and look for it. God. Of all places, I mean, Google, just Google, go to you. Matter of fact, I met this guy. I'm going to drop a link to this in show notes. This guy named Joshua Carroll. If you look up Joshua Carroll on YouTube and it's called like journey to the stars or something, YouTube did a little four minute documentary about this guy. All right. Iraq war veteran comes home, doesn't have a job, doesn't have a path, stumbles. He's cleaning a, a high school as a janitor and he's in the library and he stumbles across a Stephen Hawking book and it just piques his interest. And he was like, Oh man, I I, want to, I want to do that. This dude taught himself calculus and trigonometry by watching YouTube videos, taught himself trigonometry in three weeks, watching YouTube videos. He is now some sort of theoretical scientist, something living out in, in the Rockies, but he taught himself calculus and trigonometry by watching YouTube videos on his all night shift as a security guard. And you can't get on Landstar online. Now, come on, you know, and, this, and, we, and we've got guys that drive 11 hours a day, 11 hours a day with nothing to do except listen. And they, and they have to get on Facebook and ask how to get on Landstar online. Yeah. And with, with all the technology that you talk about that's available at your, how much information is available to stream in the cab of your truck through your little headset if you turn off the CB and the squawk radio and just listen and learn? 11 hours. Of, yeah. Do you know how a, a, a full-time college student taking 15 or 18 hours a week, you can do what they do in one day, okay? Two days maybe. There's no reason that everybody who drives a truck isn't a PhD. I mean, my well, God, <laughs> what else are you going to do? You're sitting in a chair. You're forced to be there. 
but yet you waste this time every day when you could be learning something. A bunch of them have got a PhD in BS. That's, you know, well. it, it's just, there's just two, it, it's 20, again, it's 2021, y'all. I mean, you, you literally have all the world's known information at your fingertips. It's in your pocket, you know? Uh, so you got to go out and explore and it takes discernment. You've got to figure out what's BS and what's not because any moron can, can go write a book and figure out how to get it published. Um, or, or have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know. Too but, but you have to. That's where the discernment comes in. You know, when we do what we do, the reason it works is, number one, it's, I mean, it's common sense, you know. But we, if somebody says, why, why do you run those wide single tires? I can tell you why. You can disagree with me, right? You can say, well, no, I'm okay. That's fine. But I can tell you down to the penny why I can show you scientific follow the science. Why do we run a fleet air filter? Why do we do oil bypass system? Why do we do, why do we pick the loads that we pick? Why do we run the fleet the way we do? Why do we, um, why do we book loads a week out? You know, had had one of our guys, we got two guys or three, we got three guys who just started booking their own loads. And one of them had, you know, I don't remember load canceled or something, something happened. And so we had to start looking at his, his load canceled on Friday. Well, the Friday afternoon, about three o'clock. Yes. And I, I started digging and he was like, this sucks. I'm like, yeah, brother. That's why we don't wait till the day of the book because it, it would, can you imagine living this every single day? I'd eat a bullet if I had to do that every day. Yet, have the, to do it. yet the majority of BCOs do. Yeah. I, I would. Yeah, I mean, it, might not be, it might not be three o'clock on Friday afternoon, but they wait till they get unloaded when they start looking for an unload. Mm-mm. Not this old boy. Mm-mm. You know, but if I book too early, something good will come up and I'll miss it. Right. Well, yeah. let me tell you what, let me tell you what happens more often than not. You know, we make three phone calls and book a load. <laughs> you make 50 phone calls and get on Facebook and bitch about how none of them were available. All yeah. right. There's the reason why. Well, listen, it, I, when I was even before, when I was a BCO on my own, when I booked a load, the first, I, the first second, that I, I I changed my load alert turn off the, the very yeah. Yeah. next alert was going to be three dollars a mile and a thousand dollars every time, right. you know I would book a load that fit all my parameters and the very next alert would be like damn it, oh if I'd have waited but you can't you can't live like that you got to take which is why you've got to know your numbers hey I just did a segue, um, listen. We, when we interview people, especially God help them, the ones that are in the middle of a fleece, and we'll say, Well, what, what, what are your numbers? What are you making? Deer in the headlights. Uh, you know, Larry got one one day. He said, uh, What's the company driver that your company make? And the guy's like, 60 cent a mile. Larry said, Are you making more money than they are? Well, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making more money than you are. Larry's like, Well, have you done the math? Well, no. And I said, you know damn well. <laughs> the reason you aren't doing the math is because you know damn well you're not making as much as those company drivers are. There ain't no way, you know. And 
you know, but <laughs> we get guys, I'm on my fifth lease. What was, did you send me one from, what was it, Prime or Schneider? Or, it was some Facebook thing or advertisement or something. Like, you know, the guy was like yeah. 74 years old. I just did my 27th lease with or whatever. He, he said he just finished his fifth lease and he'd been there for like, I don't know, 15 years or something. And I'm like, wait a minute, you've been there 15 years. You get to own a truck. Oh no, I finished five of them. And I'm, I just quit. I just stopped at that point. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill this guy. Okay. <clears throat> Why in the hell, if you got through one of them, would you, would you enter into another one? I mean, look, we, 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 we're getting ready to hire a guy that, that, you know, he, he, he'll, he'll admit to you. He's probably going to be on the podcast because he's got a hell of a story. If this thing works oh, yeah. out the way we think it's going to work out, it's going to be entertaining. But he's like, it's like, guys, I found you like a week too. I signed a lease and, and then found your podcast the next day. And he's like, I can't, I can't sleep at night. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and we've been spending the last few days talking with him. We're going, we're going to help him out working out. But he's paying fifty-seven thousand dollars for a twenty twelve T six eighty on his lease. And this is really not a horrible lease. At least it's not with a carrier. It's with a leasing yeah. company. It's not horrible, but it's a twenty-eight thousand dollar truck, and he's paying yeah. fifty-eight for it. Yeah. And so, and so a, a guy's going to brag about going through that five times. My God, the amount of money he paid extra for those trucks, he could probably have retired already. You know, he could live in a half a million dollar house right now. He's, <laughs> but the least, I've, I've finished five of them. Oh, but I mean, I am, the, I am an all-star, you know, think of the smell of that new truck, Larry. That's what you're, that's what you're leaving out. You don't have that new truck. Smell. I think of the smell of his seats. What I think about <laughs> all the bullshit, you know, <laughs> Liz, I, that, that reminds me one time we were, we were doing the Dave Ramsey program kind of, and uh, went to the amusement park and, uh, they had these pizzas and I, I paid like $60 to feed my, me and my wife and, you know, a three-year-old, um, it was ludicrous. And I, I walked out of the pizza shop and the Dave Ramsey, the Baker street theme song started playing. And I'm like, oh, God, he knows. He knows I just spent $60 on pizza. So now we can be like that. When people lease trucks and then, you know, our podcast pops up in front of them. <sighs> you know, it. you could literally do your accounting on paper. You know, I, it, Larry's got QuickBooks and and we've got spreadsheets and obviously we got 10 trucks and a lot of stuff to keep up with and and the numbers and the reports. But I would rather you do it on a damn napkin than not do it at all. And the 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 people that are doing these leases, and of course they get introduced sometimes kind of I did with Anderson. Like I found out what it what that $11 a week they were taking for. Oh, Fed Hut. What's Fed Hut? Oh, it's $550 a year. Your truck has to pay. But there are some leases. These They don't even tell you what Fed Hut is. They just, they just take it out of your, set up some escrow account and they, they keep you legal enough to not get thrown in jail, but you end up in bankruptcy, you know, it, it's not rocket science, y'all. Well, there's a reason why you can't go to the bank and borrow the money to buy a truck 
but you can go to a leasing company and get it for a little bit down. You can go to a care and get it for nothing down. Now, just think about that. Carriers are in the freight hauling business. Leasing's in the lease hauling business. By the way, they're leasing you something that is a rolling asset, that it's collateralized. Because what you're paying for it will pay for three of them. All right? So they're willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. But the bank is not. And the bank's in the business of lending people to, uh, to money that they think they can get back. So just think about that for a while. So when you're out here and you want a truck so badly that you're salivating and all you can think about and is these little puffy little things above your head, these clouds of pictures of, of trucks in it, and that's all you think about, and you don't have the money, you can't get the money from any type of normal thing. So you go to a, to a fleece agent or some type of a, of, of a fleet shark, and they'll give you the truck, and all you got to do is basically fog a mirror. Think about that. Think who's, who is benefiting from that. And if you think it's you, you're sadly, <laughs> sadly, sadly mistaken. Yeah, brain damage. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're going to be damaged a lot of ways when you get done. So understand, to, to start a business, you have to have money. And you have to have some experience. And, and I don't mean driving a truck, because that's the change of identity thing we're talking about. You're not going to drive a truck anymore after you buy a truck. That'll be what you do when you're not thinking. All the other things you do that day are the things that you're thinking about having to do now that you didn't used to do yesterday. And that's where the problem comes in. That's where it's no longer a business for you. It's just, I'm driving this truck. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in grade 13. I didn't go to college. I just went from high school to grade 13. And I'm just going to keep doing things the way I do it when I was in high school. And you find out you can't get a degree that way. So, it, it's, there's a reason for that. And just stop and think, you know, stop and think, you know, you're, uh, the way that ends is usually with a repossession and a collection and a bankruptcy and sometimes a divorce and sometimes losing your house. Okay. All because you couldn't wait, you know, to do it right. You had to do it now. Instant gratification. Everybody else is doing it. Da, 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 da. I wish there was, I've said this a hundred times, wish there was a way you could look at all the trucks going down the road. Wish there was a meter on them that said how many truck payments they're behind, what they owe the IRS, and how much money they're really, really making in their bank account. Because I had one of our employees one time who wanted to buy a truck say, but everybody else is making it happen. Her words, making it happen. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's examine what making it happen really looks like, you know? So, uh, unfortunately you can't tell that because people put on a huge, huge act, you know, the successful truck driver with the big Peterbilt and the big, you know, fancy trailer. Da, 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 da. And next year he, he's gone and you, nobody knows why nobody heard from old Paul. Well, Paul, he's, he, he went on, you know, he's the big bull hauler in the sky, you know? So, um, you know, do it right. Save the money, you know? Pay cash. Don't have a truck payment. Don't go in debt. You know, don't do stupid shit. You know, you're going to live to regret it. It's easy to get in this business. It's really, really hard to stay. Okay. And that's all we're trying to do here. A couple of questions have been coming up. A lot of this stuff is driver is, is driver job based. Um, the, the drug screening is, is DOT. 
universal across the industry. Landstar is no different. We certainly aren't any different. Um, you have to get in this industry. You have to be able to get a, at least a one year, if not a two year DOT medical certificate. And for the person who's got prescribed opiates from your doctor, you have no shot until those are gone. So, um, uh, drug screening is a, is just a part of this industry and you will not be able to pass it. Um, Lowering, you hit, go ahead. Do you want to hit that Connecticut thing? Does it really matter? I mean, it, I, I, what are you going to do? Uh, Connecticut just signed a 17 and a half, 17.5 com highway s- use tax s- s- for trackers, truckers starting 2023. Uh, what do you, I don't know. What, what do you do? Um, well, it's <clears throat> okay. I mean, think about it. Everybody's got their panties in a wad and, um, you know, obviously this, this numb nut thinks that he's, you know, si- solved a big problem. Um, L- Connecticut's a really small state. I mean, we go up there. It, it, this is, it, it, we, what w- you got to add valorum tax. You got, you got states with mileage taxes that you're paying that you don't even know, you know, it, this is just another one and on gonna, top of it. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to look at this. Okay. How many truckers are going to see this and go, I ain't going to Connecticut anymore. I'm just going to stay out of there. That just means I can go in there and negotiate a better rate with the freight that's up there, suck the 17 cents up and go make money. Okay. Because yeah. it's going to scare most of the people off and that's fine. Listen, we go to New England now. People go, why the hell do y'all go up to New England? Because the rates are 4 and $5 a mile. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we, can, we know how to get around the tolls. And uh, you Speaking know, of tolls, so you need, you need to tell that story about how you saw the trajectory of where the tolls were headed. And then we changed how nightmare this was, (laughs) this was early March now. And, and we, we had a couple of trucks that weren't even running. We had, we had a couple of vacant trucks. I'm looking at the numbers and the numbers are saying that if we stay on our current path, my toll bill for this year would be in excess of $40,000. And I said, well, self, that's not acceptable. We don't need to be paying $40,000 a year in tolls. So we uh, raised awareness. We started weekly uh, publishing to our drivers what their toll expenses were for the week before. And we had this discussion about problem solving. And uh, the fact that with a transponder, it's very easy to run through that toll booth and not think at all about the, the dollars that you just spent. And so we had a long discussion about weighing the differences between paying that toll or doing a workaround. You know, how much more fuel, how much more time would it, would it take? What's the best thing? Well, the moral of the story is it's now June, almost July. And we now have all, 10 trucks running, getting ready to add 11. And our toll uh, track, our, our toll path, our toll forecast for the year is less than $20,000. Okay. More trucks running, half what it was, only because we raised awareness and we used our guys' problem-solving ability to stop th- being robots and just driving down the toll road because that's what the GPS told me to do and not think about what it costs to go across that turnpike. And now we have cut the, the bill in half. That's what I talk about. When, that's what I mean when I'm talking about becoming a problem solver, controlling costs. One little talk and one exercise every Monday publishing tolls, and it cut our toll bill in half. Okay? So I guess that's what you want me to say, right? Yeah. Well, when, when we had that discussion, 
somebody said, I don't remember who it was. Well, how do you know? How do you find out what the tolls are? Oh, yeah. Somebody else has that. And I said, G O O G L E. Every how do you single. Find out what the tolls are? Oh, how do you know that? Every, every single toll authority has a website yeah. with a toll calculator. And if they if they run you by weight, you put in your weight and the number of axles that you have and the exit you're getting on and the exit you're getting off and voila, it'll tell you exactly what the toll is. It'll tell you what the cash toll is and it'll tell you what uh, the Easy Pass toll is. Now I've been using I used iPass when I was an operator. We used Bypass or Best Pass, Best Pass, and used to be before the pandemic, there it was a it was a significant. Uh, amount higher if you were paying cash versus using the transponder. But buddy, since the pandemic and they shut down all those toll booths, that toll by plate is double. I mean, if, if you, if you are operating a truck right now and you're not using easy pass, I pass best pass, something, uh, you're getting killed on this toll by plate thing. Cause it is double what used to be going through and, and paying cash, which doesn't, which makes no sense. Cause they fired all the toll collectors. Uh, but anyway, Taxation is theft. Uh, let's see. Here's another good one. Peter, do you do do you find it worth lowering speed to 55, or does that cost lost revenue due to less loads per week? Well, yes and no, but it's not binary. If you don't, if you don't, ha- if you have the time to run slower, run slower, get better fuel mileage. If you don't have the time to run slower, run faster. Don't get fuel mileage, but you have to use your problem solving skills to look at your time and look at where you are and look at how much you weigh and it, what's it worth? It's like going around a toll road. There's a formula. If the toll road costs $120 and your fuel cost is what about 50 cents a mile, 40, 45, let's call it 50. For easy math. 50 is average, I'm sure. Okay. It's 50 cents a mile. You can drive 240 miles out of route and be and break even with paying that toll. Well, that's four hours. So it would be kind of dumb to drive four hours out of route to go around $120 toll. But what if it's 60 miles out of route? What if it's leaving the Northeast where you would normally come down, say, 95 and cross the GW Bridge and then the New Jersey Turnpike and then the Delaware and then the Maryland and drive through Baltimore and drive through D.C. or go across 84 to Scranton and down 81 um, to get to the same place unless you're going to you know Jacksonville or something. Uh, but you get to bypass Washington, DC, Baltimore, and all those tolls. So if it's, if it's 60 or 70 miles, well, that, that fuel cost is 35 or $40. But if you bypass New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and all that traffic, you're going to save $300. Plus you're not going to want to murder anybody by the time you've got done driving through DC. Everybody wins. Well, and you're looking for a blanket answer, and there's not one. The blanket answer to that would be go as slow as you can to still make your service obligation. And uh, and I don't think it's going to knock you out doing an extra load. It may take a couple of hours off your clock. I'm going to give you an example of one. We, we publish every week to our drivers 
what the revenue it, it's like a friendly competition we rate every truck in terms of revenue at e- each week and fuel mileage we had a truck last week that did thirteen thousand dollars in revenue i'm trying i'm looking mm. for it right now okay um big red uh $13,373 he did in revenue last week. The truck he drove last week got 5.99. Got 5.99 pounds because he's in the worst truck. We only really own it. This is a truck we drive for one of our um, lease owners. It's a 2000 classic. It's, there's nothing about it that's, that's, aer- that's aerodynamic or um, fuel saving. It's got 24 half rubber. It, it's it's a dog. We only do it because we really like the guy who owns it. And he's he's a well, he's the BCO in Florida that runs the the uh, MD alignment shop. So we run it for him. But um, you y- you just gotta weigh things out. You know, you just uh, there's no blanket answer for for that question. You know, uh, my 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 suggestion would be, you know, figure out what you got to drive to make the service uh, requirements. And don't don't drive any faster than that, you know. Fifty five is kind of an extreme anyway. I mean, is I it, it would be it would be very. I mean, there's not very many people that would actually drive fifty five because they you get murdered by somebody, you know. Yeah. But uh, but we we try to get our guys sixty two is what we kind of shoot for, you know. It's like, like most of our trucks, their sweet sweet spot, you know, is about thirteen twenty five RPMs, and so. At 60, 62, that's where they are. So we're we're fine there, you know. Uh, and that's another thing is how you spec your truck, you know. Uh, if you're, yeah, surely your truck's not spec to have a sweet spot at 55, I wouldn't think. But um, you, you, you're just going to have to do the the the, the math and uh, and figure out what's uh, what's what's going to be best for you. My suggestion is it's probably somewhere in between. You know, it's a, it's a compromise. We. Uh on that, on that red truck, you know, I, I had drove it for a couple months and, you know, it was like a thousand dollars a week, $1,200 a week, you know, that we would spend on fuel. And, um, uh, I had, I had to give it up so another driver could drive. Um, he had a tr- problem. So he got in my truck and the first week he was in it, the fuel bill went up to $1,800 and Larry about had a stroke, <laughs> but you know, I, you, you change drivers and, 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 you know, and so, and plus, by the way, uh, he's watching. He's he's making sure that we know exactly what his numbers was. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, but but he he and the first week in that truck five nine nine. I mean, it's the best it's ever gotten. So, you know, uh, the driver makes a big difference, and vice versa. We we swap trucks around, and we get a driver that gets in a truck that somebody else has been driving now for six months and getting. I don't know, six and a half. And all of a sudden this driver gets seven and a half and you have to go, Hmm, hmm. I wonder what that deal is, you know? So we, 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 listen, part of the things we talk about is how to improve your fuel mileage. It's a big part of our event. Okay. And the driver is responsible for 35, all the things you do to the truck, everything that you can possibly do, the driver still controls 35% of the fuel economy. So, um, it's the driver habits. And uh, of course we use the scan gauge to retrain our drivers to drive for fuel economy. And this is one of them right here. He fought and fought and fought and fought and fought to try to get to seven miles per gallon in the other truck he was in before this. And, uh, finally about the week before we took him out of, he finally got to seven miles per gallon. So, but, um, 
you know, he just had to understand that what the things that look when you're, when it doesn't, when you're a company driver and you're not paying for fuel, you don't pay attention to what fuel is. He'll half the damn owner operators out, owner operators out there don't pay attention to what fuel is. Okay. So, uh, when it comes to coming out of your pocket, you know, th- things tend to change, you know, uh, when it's your money. And uh, if not, you need to educate yourself to where the point where you can make that change. And uh, we'll teach you how to do that if you come to Ohio. Uh, we spend a lot of time on so- showing you how to save a ton of money in fuel. A ton of money in fuel. We double your income uh, just in fuel savings. So, um, Chris, go to the There's one about uh, filling out the Landstar app. How to BR, how do BR able to identify my app? Well, okay. If you're going to do that, there's, if you're going to apply to Landstar, you're going to either apply as an owner operator or as an operator. If you want to be in our program, you have to apply as an operator and then they'll ask you who you're going to drive for. And then that blank you put in there, blue ribbon logistics, and that will attach that uh, app to me. Now, prior to doing that, you need to talk to us because, you know, at this present time, we don't have any uh, openings. Uh, we're trying to get some trucks here and we will have them, but, um, you know, discuss that with me before, before doing that so that we know what's going on and we can, you know, guide your application yeah. accordingly. Okay. Yeah. And cause um, we, we have to get involved, you know, if, if, when we, when we interview someone, and we say, okay, yeah, we, we want you to fill out the app with Landstar and run the coffee. Then we have to chase it and massage it and guide it and push it and, you know, or it'll just go get set on some shelf somewhere and nobody ever see it. So somebody emailed me today was telling me the story about how he's <laughs> going through qualifications as an owner operator. He just using asking me for advice and, and <laughs> like, I'm like, well, let me tell you something. You know, this is probably the number one thing that people complain about Landstar is the gauntlet of going through qualifications. Don't get he, had, he had all of these, all of these examples of where, you know, it was just a dead end, dead end, dead end. He was pretty frustrated, but so uh, what else we got here? Uh, we'll leave out all the, all the praise and compliments. That's embarrassing. I think this is interesting. <clears throat> uh, Peter says, I think the way to make the risk of buying an emissions truck transparent will be to develop an insurance industry around it. Policy includes reimbursement for downtime, lost profits, et cetera. Well, there's a problem with they, that. They ain't going to do it. They ain't insurance do it. companies like to make money. Right. Okay. And that's why, <laughs> that's why these factory extended warranties on these engines don't cover anything because they can't do that and make any money. There's no way anybody could do this and make any money. Well, they could, but the cost of them would be prohibitive, you know? Yeah. And, and it's a, so, and if you could pay that, you might as well just put the money aside and, and self-insure that's, or just don't buy that crap to begin with. All right. And you don't have to worry about it. So there's, there's something interesting that I'm seeing the, the in the last month or so, the EPA has started going after some, um, YouTubers, um, people that build high performance sell high performance parts, build high performance cars. They take something, you know, like a Corvette or, or something and they soup it up, you know, turbos and all that kind of stuff. And one of these guys, uh, was told by another person that had, that ended up paying like a million dollar fine. They, they'd been messing with diesels and the guy was like, look, just don't even fight it. Put it on an 80 year payment plan and hope they forget about you. And this guy's like, no, 
No, I'm 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 not. It was like a I don't know eighteen thousand dollar fine. Well, he put up a GoFundMe and raised thirty thousand dollars in twenty minutes. So, but he is he's pissed. He's mad. Okay. And I think what I've gathered these guys are going to do, they're going to go and start buying all of this equipment because they're YouTubers and they got more money than they know what to do with. They're going to start buying equipment and start measuring these emissions. I think they're because the, the aftermarket stuff is so good now for these hot rodders. They could end up putting some egg on some faces because if you think about the EPA and, and all these laws, they just say, oh, we're going to do X, this, that, and the other. And we're the government, so you have to do what we say and, and trust us we, we're, in, uh, we're in control. And I think what these guys might do is, um, is start to debunk a lot of this idea that, oh, well, yeah, we're doing this for the good of the environment. Um, and I think we're going to start seeing more of that because I see the, the, the big trucks rolling coal and if they pass me, I'm like, God, either you're not paying for the fuel or you're a moron because uh, that's, that's just money just flying out the exhaust pipe. Um, and fuel's our number one expense in this industry. But <clears throat> we have got to start pushing back on this idea because so many of the, the bootlickers and, uh, and mouth breathers that are just like, I can't believe you don't obey the EPA because all they want to do is help us. And I'm like, no, I don't think they do want to help us. I think they just want to be in control. And I think these giant corporations like having all of these emissions rules on these trucks and it makes it to where they're the only ones in a Conforto run them, you know, and puts us out of business. So I don't know. I think the next year or two is going to be really interesting to watch because these new trucks are worthless and they're, they're per, the cost prohibitive. They're not reliable. Um, when we can run a tooth, a 21 year old truck, 20, uh, well, let's see, all of our trucks range from 14 to 21 years old. Every one of them that we own. And we've got a couple, we got a 16 and an 18 that we're running for, uh, for other guys. And my God, go try to get parts for a Kenworth. Jesus help. It's a nightmare. And, and not just that, what you have to deal with there, the, the, the ignorance the uh, arrogance. The, Did we tell uh, that story? Did I don't that know. happen before I the last podcast? I don't know. I, I'm going to tell it again. I don't I'm going to tell it again. You, you might have heard it, but you're going to hear it again. We we had this. We, we were getting this truck ready for a driver. It's a 2018 T680, T680 Kenworth. And it had an issue like the gauges on the dash and the lights and, and, um, uh, and, and the guy's driving it, and he's like, "Well, man, the cruise isn't working, and the radio's not working right." A lot of the like, lot of the dash stuff just wouldn't yeah. work, or was erratic, or something. So <clears throat> we uh, we thought, you know what? Screw it. We'll we'll take it to the dealer. Uh, we've only used this dealer to buy parts for our Volvo. Um, so why not? Maybe we can build a new relationship. We're always open to new relationships. <sighs> Five days, the truck sat there, and I'm calling every day. Well, we can't find the laptop. Uh, we don't know where the laptop went. Laptop's not working. Uh, we can't find it, and and we can't plug it. I mean, ESA. Well, we 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 got to plug it up to ESA because I mean, ESA's going to tell us what it is. 
So finally, come Saturday, uh, they they got the Larry Long special, and we went up there and got the truck. Okay, so and I'm at the position now where it's like, well, damn, I've wasted six days. Well, there's like, there's more to it than that. Okay, we had special ordered a part. It had oh. been laying there the entire oh. time. Okay. Okay. Now they don't stock the part, but nope. but amazingly there's one laying on the shelf here that has no number or name on it we're looking for that part to put on that truck but they couldn't put two and two together because we pro gave them the invoice where we had paid for one that had been ordered but these morons could not figure out that that's the part so yeah. five days later after i have to go up there and jump in their ass four or five times they finally decided oh that must be the part for your truck so we they keep the truck another 12 hours to put that part on that we had to prove yeah. when well, I improved him had to show them. Hey, listen, let me, let's just think about this. And I even had to use this word. If this were your truck. Okay. If this yeah. were your truck, what would you do? Well, I, I don't know what I would do. I'm like, well, wait, that's just complete bullshit. Okay. The parts laying right there. You don't stock it. You have no idea how it got there. I've got a ticket that says that's my freaking part. And this is the truck here that we need to put on. How freaking stupid do you have to be to put that together? I mean, if, if that if, 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 if you're working for this company and you haven't got the ability to make that logic, I, I asked, I said, I mean, how many people work here? Well, there's like 2000. I said, no, 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 not your franchise. How many people work here? I don't know, about 12. I'm like, let me explain. And see, they had a problem communicating between shifts. I said, let me explain something to you. I've got 12 employees, and every one of them knows exactly what the other one's doing all the time because we are in the logistics and we communicate. Now, yeah. what's your excuse? Okay. So this got, this went on and on and on. So anyway, the bottom line is we got the truck back the next day. The only thing we got charged for was the labor to put that piece on that we paid for. They couldn't work on our truck because they didn't have a laptop. So guess what we did? We so drove it down get, to Carl. We get to, and that, listen, I had, I had Carl been on vacation and I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to mess with him, which ended up not mattering because he left his phone at home, which I kind of don't blame him. You know, he just, he just drove a thousand miles with no phone. So, uh, he was coming back to work Monday morning and I thought, you know what? I, I, this truck, cause I'm getting ready to send the driver down the road. And I'm like, listen, brother, sorry. The cruise don't work. Radio don't work. Will and I'm calling, you know, Kenworth dealers in Orlando and Jacksonville. And he's going to go home and pick up his stuff. And maybe I, and they're like, well, I'm, I might be able to get you in in four or five days. And I'm like, Jesus help. I've already done that deal. And I'm like, what, what can it hurt? What can it hurt to have Carl look at it? So we realized the truck doesn't have an inverter. And Carl sends me on a mission to go get an inverter and get some wire and this, that, and the other. And it took about an hour. And I come back and I walk in and I said, uh, I said, what's happening? He goes, I got it fixed. Really? One hour. One hour. One, One hour. hour. With no laptop, by the way. No laptop. No laptop. Okay. Y'all, it was a fuse. Not even blown. Not not a blown fuse. The fuse wasn't in the fuse holder. It was missing out of the circuit board. And it, it took. They couldn't figure it out with a laptop in five days. Carl figured it out in an hour and had it fixed. Yeah. But you know. they won't hire Carl because <laughs> Carl can't pass the certification test. Okay, he's not qualified to work 
at one of these establishments with all these factory trained expert <laughs> technicians. Okay. Every time I've had one of these factory trained expert technicians work on my car, my truck, I have to take it to Carl and have him unfrig what they, what they did. It got yeah. so bad with one of these places, a Detroit shop up in West Virginia. We won't mention that, and that, that rhymes with ranch dressing that I told them that if I had to take one more to Carl and have him fix it, I was going to bring him back the bill. Yep. We no longer do business with them, by the way. Yeah. Well, the Freightliner dealer got one of those bills, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, look, we we try to give people the benefit of the doubt. We try to give them an opportunity because I nice can't do guy. it all. I'm a nice guy until I'm not. Until I'm not. OK. You know, it, it you get all of my um, patience yeah, until I run out. And then when I run out, it's what he calls a Larry long special, but it's oh, just it's a, beautiful. it's an ass Freeman of the highest order. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't do them often, but when I do them, I do a damn good job of it. 100%. <clears throat> What's the oldest truck Lancer will allow as long as it will pass an inspection and you can hook an ELD up to it. They don't care what it is. The only qualifications are, it's got to pass a 120 day inspection every 120 days. Yeah. And it's got to be able to have an ELD. Other than and that, that and that translates to, to about 1995-ish, right? Because yeah. uh, it has to have, you can't, it can't be a mechanical motor. You know, it can't be an old, what they call, uh, oh, B model cat, right? It's got to be a 3406E. It's got to be a Series 60. It's got to be an electronic engine. It's got to be an N14 Cummins. It has now, to have. If you're going to if you're going to take it to California, it has to have an engine compliant with CARB. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you're not going to go to California and you sign off on that, then you won't do it. Which brings me to the next question down there: Do you hiring drivers from West Coast? Nope. Well, two problems with that. Number one, we don't hire drivers. Okay. If you're interested in a driving job, we're not yet, um, and um, we're interested in taking people who want to learn how to become business owners in the trucking industry. But if you live on the West coast, I can't send, I can't, you, you can, you might apply, but you'll never go home. You, if you can park in Nevada and walk home, maybe, but still it would be highly well, unlikely. Because I mean, look, we can't really get you freight. We have trucks now because of the owners that can go out there. So that's not, it's not like it was before when all we had were lunatic blue ribbon trucks. They can't go out there. Okay. But you still have an issue of it being the West coast and West coast freight. Now, right now in this market, you can go damn near anywhere and make money, but it's really difficult because our model works so well East of 35, you know, it just what the, what we do and the way we do it is just not suited well for long distance running. And I, I don't know, I guess you could run up I five and back, you know, maybe bounce in and out of Arizona, but I, I just, I don't see it. And so it would be difficult for us to take on a West coast driver just because we're so, we're so out of the loop. We have something that works beautifully East of I 35. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know that, you know, well, sure we could do it. I mean, the model works when it works, but, we just don't have experience, you know, and I wouldn't want to bring you in here and, and have to 
learn a whole new way of doing freight because you're out there uh, on the wrong side of the world. We so. have no network there. We don't have we we don't have relationships with agents that run freight there because we don't do that. And it's going to be really expensive to get Carl to go out there and fix your truck. So probably have to pass. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, unless you want to move, and I and I hear there's lots of people leaving California. So, um, yeah, I I, I would. Uh... Oh, wait a minute! Before we, get, I want to I want to run back to this real quick because there's something here that a lot of people need to hear. Okay, uh, on this oldest truck, Landstar will out. Okay, ever it's all about this whole thing. Okay, it, it's it's not hating on Packard, it's not hating on Volvo, Freightliner, whoever. It's risk management. It's getting a piece of equipment that you can afford. Okay, you can probably afford a ninety-five model FLD Freightliner with a Series sixty, right? If you can find one, most of them are in South America. Okay, but if you can find one, but given the choice between a ninety-five model. FLD with a D-Deck 2 or a 2007 with a D-Deck 4, I'm going to go 2007 with a D-Deck 4. Um, D-Deck 2s were known to have bull gear problems. We're, we're dealing with bull gear right now. And y'all, it ain't cheap. It's about 10 grand, you know, to, to change a bull gear and all of the destruction that comes with it. Um, so it's, it's, it's this balance, you know, this is maybe a cab over, but look, I, I like cab overs. I think they're cool. I think it'd be cool to have one to play with. I'm sure as hell not going to pull freight with one, you know, uh, I, cause I'm not climbing my fat ass in and out of one for, for starters that ain't happening, but <clears throat> that's why we look at 99 to 2007 Detroit, because we can get a D deck four. Uh, BK60 Series 60 engine. Uh, we don't have bull gear issues to deal with. You know, our truck has a BK and it needs a bull gear, but it's got a million six on it. You know, uh, it's probably original. Uh, the the damper balancer was original, so which was probably why we lost the bull gear. Um, but it's balance. It's find a truck that you can afford. Number one that you can have someone like Carl, someone who's competent, that knows what to look for, can check that truck out, run a rig dig report on it, spend seven to $15,000 to acquire it, be prepared to put another fifteen in it to go through and get it right and get it ready to be efficient. It's not just about, well, let me go find the oldest truck I can get because maybe that'll be cheap. Yeah, but what problem's going to come with that? You know, N14s are great motors. Right, but you need to have a fast on it because they got injector problems. If you put a fast on it, good filtering, you don't have a problem. But that's why we go with the Detroit because it's it's across the board the cheapest, most efficient engine to to operate, the easiest to get worked on. Every TA is a service point, um, and they're fixable. You know, so that's it, it, it's it, it's balance. You know, it's uh. You know, it's it's all back to that problem solve. It's not binary, black, white, left, right, on, off. You 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 have to be. Uh, you have to be kind of reasonable and 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 look for 
try to check as many of the boxes as you can. If you're going to pull a flatbed, don't go get a century class with a 220 inch wheelbase. You know, if you're, if you're going to pull a van, don't go get a mid roof with no fairing on top of it. You know, you have to think about your operation. Think about where you're going to run. Think about the, who do you have to work on it? You know, maybe you've got a Cummins guy, you know, that doesn't know anything about Detroit's. Well, if you've got a, if you have a Carl, that's a Cummins guy, then hell go buy Cummins, you know, it's, but it's not, everything's not binary. You, you have to think through everything. Make the decision on the numbers. Yep. And speaking of which, I still, I don't think I've yet looked at a truck ad where the person on the ad knew what the rearing gear ratio was. Nope. You occasionally see it on truck paper. If you're looking at one on truck paper, occasionally you'll see the rear end gears. But if it's just somebody selling it, they have no clue. And don't know where to find it. Yep. And and you go, well, what's the big deal? They've owned that truck however long they've owned it and never once knew what the rear end. What, obviously didn't make a decision to buy it with that knowledge. Okay. Because you can look at this at the specs on this truck, and you can predict what the fuel mileage is going to be, or at least you can pre- predict what it's capable of doing. If you don't know that, and you pay, you buy a truck that's been using a logging operation, there's no way. Like this guy talked about a while ago, driving 55 miles an hour, you may be in that situation where you've got to drive 55 to be able to get fuel mileage if you buy the wrong truck. Or you may get in one that only goes with the hair on fire, and you can't slow it down lower, slower than that. And, or lose fuel mileage. So that's why the you know, the gear ratio is all about keeping the RPMs in a range that is best for fuel mileage for that engine. They call it the sweet spot. And the closer you can keep that truck at operating speed to the sweet spot, the more fuel mileage you're capable of getting. That still doesn't mean you'll get it. There's still things you have to do to accomplish it, but at least you have the opportunity to get it. And that's what the big deal about gear ratio is. That's why we all, that's the, I asked two questions. When if you ever see me respond to an ad on Facebook, my first question is, is it deleted? My second question is, 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 do you know what the gear ratio is? My third question is, do you have any service records? Usually one of those three questions right there eliminates that truck. And I just move on to the next one. So. Speaking of problem solving. So we have a driver right after we started recording texted me that he had a blown out airbag suspension airbag on the tractor and I asked where he was and where he was headed. And I'm like, well, has it, you know, go to the truck stop. And so I had, I texted one of our other guys and I'm like, Hey, we're, we're recording, you know, call and check on him. All right. Well, he was able to adjust the weight to take some weight off of his drives. He called ahead. He found a truck stop that can get to him at seven o'clock in the morning while he's on his break and he's going to get it done. You know, Versus just throwing his hands up and going, all right, I got to stop. He's figured out a way to stay on time, meet all of his objectives, find someone to get. Of course, he got a hell of an education with that starter. He's the one that ended up setting, you know, 40 hours on a TA fuel island because the morons couldn't find a damn starter in their room. You know, oh, they had it. They just didn't have it. Yeah, they had it. They just know that. And, um, but, You, but, you can't, you cannot, you cannot ignore. Okay. 
This problem-solving thing, y'all, it's why the deprogramming is so important and so difficult. Because you have to be able to look around you at any given moment and say, okay, start taking things that don't matter and put them to the side and put everything that does matter to the front. Was it last Thursday, I think, or Thursday before last? I I was backing into a dock in Baltimore. And I thought, man... I got, I got the easiest day ever. I'm going to take a nap. And 15 minutes later, my phone rang and all hell broke loose. And from 7.15 a.m. till about 5, it was nonstop. I had one broke down. I had one coming on, getting ready to go on vacation. I had to get him to get his truck to the broke down guy. I had to get the record to bring the broke down guy to meet the other guy. And then one calls, hey, my load canceled. And then another one called, hey, my load canceled. And y'all, it was, it was almost 10 hours nonstop. I was on the phone for 10 hours. And by the way, driving full time, dropping and hooking and paying lumpers and all that kind of crap. I mean, I, I, I was so ready for bed by the time that day was over. But if we didn't have the ability, Larry calls it foxhole. When all hell breaks loose, we get back, back in that foxhole. And we just start shooting them one at a time. Okay, but put that fire out. Now, now here's the next one. Now we got to do that one. And we put this one over here and move this around. Oh, God, what an adventure. You know, and it's and they come in threes always. You know, the first call is the first call of three. And you just wait. All right, there's number two. All right, there's number three. All right, we're good. Now put the rest of them out. So let's go back to the guy with the airbag. He's been with us since October. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he just started booking his own freight about a week or two ago. Yeah, two know. couple weeks ago. You know, I'm reminded of my my best friend was uh went to Marine Corps boot camp right out of 1971, right out of high school. Okay, middle of the Vietnam War. His mother, I thought, was going to kill him. Okay, <laughs> so a couple of years ago, we were going to Florida together, and so we took a little side trip and we went over to Paris Island just so he could kind of have some reminisce about those days. So we get, we get over there and the first, you pull on the island and there's a big, big sign all the way across all these four or five, six lanes, huge sign. It says, we make Marines. And that stuck with me. And that's what they're, that's what they do. That's what their mission is. Take people and deprogram them, take, take all the crap that the government schools taught them out of their head and taught them to think for themselves. If you know a Marine, that's all what they're all about. It's problem solving. They call it something, something, something overcome. I got this little slug. I forget now what it is. Adapt and overcome or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, that's really what we do here. We make problem solvers. Here's the perfect example. You know, in October, not a chance he'd have done this, not a chance he'd have done this. And now here he is a few months later, solved his problem and that's what listen that's what we're here to do that that's why we don't hire truck drivers that's why we could care less about providing a job for somebody and they retire here you're here for 15 16 18 months you know you learn how to do that every day a day after day, every decision and then you get yourself in financial position to go, not go into debt to buy a truck while you're here because you're making better money and you've made where, wherever you came from. That's what this is all about. That That's what we do here is we make problem solvers. 
<clears throat> if you want to be one, come be one. If you want to be a truck driver, go somewhere else. Um, yeah. The um, and and this event uh, that we're going to do would really be beneficial for a lot of you if you're if you're thinking about doing this, especially if you have a truck. Um. So what what do we have? About thirty spots on this one. Well, twenty five officially because we got staff and whatnot to take up the the room only. The fire marshal only lets us put thirty people in it. So okay. we got staffs going to take about five of that staff spouses and things like that. We got about 25 available seats. And as, as of this morning, if everybody who says they're coming is coming, we're up to 20. So we probably okay. got five spots, spots left, you know? Okay. Uh, now we so, could run, we could run some of the staff off and get the spouses out doing something else if we really need to get one or two more seats. So, but uh, you know, get with me. It's going, going fast and we got a month to go. So, Hell, we might have to get a bigger place. I don't know. We may have to change the location and get a bigger place. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, but, on on that front, send Larry an email. He's uh, he's handling all the details on that. Um, I'll try. I'll work on getting something up on our on our website. Uh, and we've got something on Facebook, but I'll get it up on the website. Um, and check that out. If you um, if you have a truck, if you're a BCO, especially. Um, and you want to help, um, get in touch with us and we, we have a program that we can help you with dispatching. We can help you with raising your revenue and lowering your expenses. Uh, we can save you money that you don't even realize you're spending. Uh, and we can, you know, listen, th this is the biggest, most lucrative trucking market in the history of trucking ever. If you're not making if you're not generating $10,000 a week in total revenue, what we call Landstar bucks, uh, which means if you're not making $7,000 a week to the truck every single week, um, you're, you're not missing, doing it right. You're missing the opportunity. And, and, <clears throat> and let's just go ahead and say this real quick. This is not the time to say, well, hell, I've only got to work one day a week. I said that while you were fiddling oh, okay. around. All right, good. Yeah, this is the time to make hay. If you're a farmer, you make hay when the sun shines, okay? You make hay in June. You can't make it in November. Well, it's it's hay time, okay? It's time to get with it. Now's the time to put money in the bank, okay? Cash money in the bank. And um, this is not normal. This will not stand, okay? I hate to quote George Bush, but this will not stand. Uh, we, <laughs> it was going to change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you, you know, there'll be a time when you won't have this opportunity. That's the time to slow down. Don't and do what it now. most of them don't understand is if you don't develop the skills now to maximize that revenue, well, you're going to be up a creek if you try to learn that, you know, like last March and April in the pandemic you have to make 50, 75 phone calls to book one load for one truck. Um, and that's coming, you know, that's, that's not, it's not dystopian. It's just, it's just a fact that maybe another year, I hope I'm hope I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll at least probably get through second quarter of next year before all hell breaks loose. But Hard it say. could be this, it could be this fall. Who knows? The, the Delta know? variant is coming. 
Well, they're locking down all over the world, you know. Um, you know, I, I was, was watching somebody put on Instagram, you know, she's got a bunch of phones. She's like, hey, what country are you in and what's happening? And it was just lockdown, 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 lockdown. So they're, it's just a matter of time. They're going to tell you, put your mask on and stay home, slave. So I don't well, know. The, the, we'll murdering, the murdering bees didn't work. What was the next way? Murder hornets. Murder hornets. That didn't work. Yeah. The cicadas. I haven't seen a damn cicada anywhere. Oh, that I hadn't know. worked. Brood that, eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 what's next? You know? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't, I, I would like to try this time to get ahead of, because man, if I could have invested in plexiglass and toilet paper, <laughs> I wouldn't have to work for you anymore. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's coming, you know? And, um, you know, don't ever be surprised at the stupidity of, of, of which the, the government can operate. Um, you know, and, and what are you going to do? What are you going to do if you got a $500 a week truck payment or an $800 a week truck payment and they flip that switch again, like they did last March, what you going to do? Well, look, what you ought to do is make the money right now and pay the summit off. Okay. You got right. the opportunity now to make all kind of money. Okay. Pay it off, get out of debt. That's what you need to be doing right now is get out of debt. All right. Look, if you know somebody that's got a decent truck that is um, underutilized or not utilized, uh, send them our way. We'd like to talk to them. And yeah. um, if they're the right person, they've got right right mentality, you know, they're not a jerk. And uh, they'll, you know, work with us. We'll make them some money with a truck that's sitting in their backyard not we're not running. Yeah. Or not, not moving. It needs and, to run. and go ahead and, you know, go ahead. And if you're interested in coming here to work, you don't have a truck, you want to do the program, go ahead and send it. We don't have a truck today. Uh, but that doesn't mean one won't fall in our lap tomorrow or an owner will come along, uh, that has a truck. Um, so we'd like to keep that pipe full. So let us know if you're interested it, cause it take, man, it takes 30 days to get through the gauntlet anyway, you know, to, to get through the qualification process get an interview with us, you know, you're looking 30, 45 days. If we, even if we had a truck, it'd be 30, 45 days minimum before you could get on board. So, um, if you're interested, let us know, go to driveforblueribbon.com, fill out the application. We'll set up an interview with you and then you'll know, you know, is, is this work for you work for us? And, uh, then we can see if we can find some trucks. And then if you got some trucks and you need some drivers, let us know about that. Send us an email and, uh, we'll work on getting your, your truck on here. And uh, getting a driver in it. <clears throat> so I think. All right. Well, um, we're going to try, since he's now no longer driving uh, as much as he was, we're going to try to make this a, more regular and a little shorter. So yeah, maybe Sunday evenings. Sunday. Awesome. Yeah. We're talking about Sunday nights and maybe keeping it under an hour. That way we can, won't take up as much as your time and we'll have something every week to talk about why we'll to pile it up and do it once every three or four, five, six weeks <laughs> or so. Yeah. So, um, we'll, uh, we'll try to do better. Appreciate everybody listening. Um, listen guys, come to come stay with us in Ohio. It'll, it will be a weekend that will change your business life. I promise you, I promise you it will be worth your while. So, uh, come join us. Um, Look, if we have to get a bigger place, I'll find a bigger place. Okay, we'll do something. We'll go over and take over the TA restaurant. I don't think it's working anyway. We'll just, we'll take over and do it there. So, you know what? That's not a half bad idea. Yeah, but you know what we'd have to do? You know how I got to talk to to do that? 
Homer Hulk. He's not over the restaurants. Oh, I'd have to start home. there, but I need yeah. to have to talk to some. You know. Well, I'm trying to think. Is that one closed? I think that one is closed. Yes, that one is closed. So yeah, we could go. Let's go take over the restaurant. I like that better. We'll just we'll go. Just, we'll just march in and take it over. What are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. Truck drivers' lives matter. Okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. All <laughs> right, we've caused enough trouble for one night. We'll see y'all next time. See you guys. Thanks.